0: Want to share a little bit of Word of God? I want you to open your Bibles to <clears throat> the Book of Hebrews.
1: Hebrews is known as a great, great, great faith, faith chapter.
0: <clears throat> so, also often, often we do read, we do read from the Book, book, of, of, the Hebrew book of Hebrews. Or or we're certain, certain, reminded of it almost on a daily basis. basis of the basis of the words that it says, that it says to us. But I've entitled the message. Holy Ghost Movement. Now let me just give you a little refresher. Some weeks and months ago, started a little thing called revival. We all believed the Lord was going to work in that revival. Hasn't anything changed as of yet. Wintertime doesn't stop revival. Uh, Nothing stops revival except the believer... And if we stop seeking for the things in revival, they will stop coming. But uh, I talked about the community of believers who confess Yeshua, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior. And we talked about that uh, we would go through the Bible as the Bible presents the church and the aspects of the church. And uh, we've seen that certainly transpire. Someone said, Brother Lee, you can't do that in just a few weeks. And I remember commenting, no, we can't. And here it is about maybe going on three months that we've been teaching one body with many members. We've been teaching one church with more than one building scattered around. We've been teaching one God with more than one manifestation, the Father the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And we've been teaching one baptism by water. We had some candidates that were baptized in water. And we've been teaching one baptism by Jesus, His baptism, which is a baptism by Holy Ghost and by fire. And, of course, we've been talking about some end times. But in all of that, we've been dealing with how the church would face uh, the certainty of end time events, We've been talking about the gifts, we've been talking about those things that we feel are very essential for the church, the edification of the church, and the edifying, the building up, the exhorting and lifting up, and we've certainly used great measures of faith as we have taught, and uh, I would like to start here this morning. I've entitled the message, Holy Ghost Movement, uh, something we've entitled for a For at least a couple, two or three weeks, the titles may have changed, but we're still in dealing with the church and the members of the church. Now, the Bible and writer of Hebrews chapter 11, I want to use verse number 3. Through faith, through faith, we understand. That's how we understand God, amen? We understand God through faith. And the Bible says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. And we dealt with that uh, to a little bit of a degree. Now that God Himself, the Almighty, uh, He spoke what He had in the depths of His heart. And as He spoke, the Bible says that the Holy Ghost moved upon the mind of God. And He brought all things into existence. Can I say something to you this morning? Only the Holy Ghost keeps faith alive. Do you want your faith to stay alive? Well, the Bible says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? And we believe with all of our heart that the Holy Ghost who guards over the Word He and only He can keep faith alive. When you read the Word of God and your faith is built up, when you hear the Word of God and your faith is built up, it is the Holy Ghost moving upon the very voice or words of God and making faith alive. Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. I want to go to Psalms chapter 28 David gives us some thought here in Psalms chapter 28. And I want to read down through verse number 8. And I'll start at verse number 4. Listen to these words. One thing. How many knows how... How, how many one is? Can you, can you stick up your finger? What does, if you was teaching the little children, you would say, this is one. This means number one. And so David said one thing. Have I desired of the Lord? And that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Isn't that something? Most of us have probably grown up in church, been in church except for maybe a short period of time. Maybe while we were searching from place to place or maybe while we were, you know, just out there getting things started in our uh, life as far as a career, whatever it might be. And so... uh, Those things we know, but this is something. David said, the one thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And look what he says here. To behold the beauty of the Lord. Now, we know when the Lord came, we don't believe that there was some halo above His head when He walked upon the face of this earth. We don't believe when He hung upon the cross that He was anything to behold as far as beauty. He sort of fit in. I don't know or don't think that He was the most glamorous or beautiful thing to look upon in His fleshly life. Or in his fleshly body. If he was, I don't have any thoughts towards that other than I just don't think he stood out as anything other than what he said. What he said made him stand out. What he did made him stand out. But when I think about it, David says here that all of these days of my life in the, in the house of the Lord, he said, I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. That, that's a dynamic thought. That's a dimensional thought that probably goes farther than our minds could comprehend in thought. The beauty of the Lord. Can't you see the beauty of the Lord even with your eyes closed? And we look all around us. We see the things that God has made. We enjoy driving down the highway, going long distances, seeing beautiful, fantastic things. Now, many of the blind have never been able to see that. Well, in the earth made new, that's all going to change. They're going to be able to see it. In their own eyes and with their own eyes, they're going to be able to hold that. But I think it goes far beyond even the things David could see with the natural eye. I believe with all of my heart, this man could see the beauty of the Lord in his word and in his thoughts. Deep. David said, that's the one thing I desire. That will I seek after, which means that is what I'm going to respond to. I'm going to get in the house of the Lord. I'm going to answer when the Lord asks me. I, I, I'm going to react when He tells me to react. Because that's what I desire of the Lord. He said, and that I can inquire in His temple. That means to seek or to ask information of information. It means to find instruction. Verse 5, for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, and he shall set me upon a rock, bless God. Verse number 8, for when thou sayest, seek ye my face, David said, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Can somebody say amen? Kind of reminds me of the great man Abraham. When God called him to come into the land of Canaan, the Bible says, And into the land of Canaan he came. That is response. That is answer. That is reaction. That is seeking that which is far more perfect than that which can be seen with the natural eye. When Abraham and Lot decided to separate and part ways because of some division abraham looked to lot and said you pick out what you would prefer to have he gave him choice and the bible says lot chose that land because it was well watered it was a beauty beautiful thing to behold with the eye it was a magnificent land But can I say to you this morning, by faith, Abraham was not looking for something that was made of sticks and stones. He was looking for something that was of God eternal. Amen. Somebody said, Brother Lee, I sure like some of the good things that God gives us. Sure we do. Like a good house and nothing wrong with that. Like a good automobile or at least a moderate automobile that would get me up and down the highway." But your greatest desire and number one desire is to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. And when you do that, bless God, I'm telling you something, God will honor your faithfulness. It's going to take a constant response. It's going to take a faithful response. It's going to take a consistent response. Faith reacting to the voice of God. You see, there ain't nothing greater than this word. Men have died for it. Men have fought for it. Men have lived without it and longed for it. But thank God this day that we live, we can touch it and feel it and hold it in our hands and lift it high to God and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for your word, for I will listen, Lord. And that's the thing I'm seeking after. I want to go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 in the New Testament. I've entitled the message Holy Ghost Movement. And I want to look what Paul says in Romans chapter 1 at verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ... For it is the power of God unto, unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Or we could say, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Holy Ghost power of God unto salvation. We could say the Holy Ghost moves upon the gospel, which is the word, and brings salvation to every believer, whether he be Jew or whether he be Greek. For Paul said it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. Have faith. If you have faith in the word of God, it's not going to let you down. If you have faith in the word of God and you don't know everything about it, Everything that's in there, it's not going to let you down. God's going to move through the power of the Holy Spirit, and He's going to take you from point one to point two and point three. He's going to take you there. Can you grasp it all? You may not grasp it all right now. But I'm telling you something, the faith that God has given you, God is moving upon that faith by the power of the Holy Ghost, and He's bringing the Holy Ghost information from that Word. Into your very being. This is the things that God will do. He said in verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. From what? From faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Salvation is an act of obedience to the Lord. Somebody says, I. I I, I I guess I'm saved. somebody say, well did you come to the Lord And they say, well no, not really. Uh, you got to act upon your salvation. you got to act upon your belief. you got to act and respond upon your faith. And so when you come to the Lord as Brother Dornberger says, you ought to be the one that know it amen. Amen you ought to be it know, the one to know it. The Bible says from faith true faith, you see, only the Holy Ghost can provide the power needed to move upon the Word to bring us to the gospel of salvation. Somebody says, I only believe the gospel. Well, the Gospel's the Word. So what you have to understand is you're saying that you believe the Word. And when you believe the Word, absolutely believe the Word, you believe believing the Word of God, you take the things that God has offered and you embrace them You have to embrace them. And when you embrace them, then you move upon the power of God through the Holy Spirit to come unto the salvation of the gospel. I want to go to Habakkuk chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. We just read here in the book of Romans how Paul defined the... I'm going to get there just a minute. You, you probably already beat me there, but I, I'm turning with one I'm turning with one hand. That's the left hand at that. So I, I didn't I don't know, I don't know. That. I'm pretty good with the left hand, i tell you, too. Now, look at, now look at this. Habakkuk, 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 Habakkuk chapter 2. two. And I want to look at verse number 1 verse down, 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 through, down through verse number 4. Habakkuk, Habakkuk said, I, I will stand, stand upon my watch. My watch. You know we're watchmen, don't you? We read the Word, and we watch out for all the saints, and we watch out for those of our faith and those of our household. We're watchmen. I will stand upon my watch. I will set upon the tower, and I will watch to see what he will say unto me, and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Verse number 2, And the Lord answered me, Habakkuk said, and he said, Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. He said in verse 3, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak, not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Whatever God has told you, in the vision, or the revelation of His Word, whatever God has spoken unto you when you were sitting in the watchtower and you were waiting to hear the Word of God, whatever the Word of God has been told to you, if it lines up with the Word of God, if it is from God, if it's a part of the Word of God, the Bible says, wait for it, tarry for it, for it shall truly come to pass. Can you say Amen. And then the latter portion of verse number 4, where it differs just a little bit with what Paul said. I like the way that Habakkuk states it here, for the just shall live by what? His faith. Did you see that? I used to listen to a preacher out of Arkansas, and he would say, Hisn, that's what he would say. Yorn. He's talking one time, and I thought, oh my God, I didn't want to hear that. He was as plain as he could be. He said, you... He, he said, if you see somebody else picking a booger from their nose, he said, you don't like it. But he said, if it's yourn, he said, it's okay. He was simple-minded in some things, but he brought the point across. I've never forgot that, and I heard that years ago before I ever even wanted. I mean, now I can kind of tolerate it. But back in those days, if I've seen somebody... Picking their nose, and especially picking their nose and eating it. I gagged. It was awful. Now, did you get the point? He's saying if it's his'n, you see, or if it's yourn He said, the just shall live by his faith. That's bad. That, Really just even more, Paul said in Romans, the just shall live by faith. I like that, nothing wrong with it. But I like what Habakkuk said, the just shall live by his faith. You see, you're not going to get to heaven on your mama's faith or your daddy's faith or your grandpa and grandma's faith. Faith is personal and faith is your trust and obedience in God. So when you put your trust and obedience in God, then it's your faith. The Holy Ghost discloses God and His intent. For He is God's power in operation upon His Word. When the Word moves, it is the Holy Ghost in revelation of God and His thoughts. Faith and the practice of faith moves everything upon the Word of God. I wished I could give this to you and speak this to you on a daily basis. I wished I could hear myself repeating it out loud so faith that comes by hearing would come to me in a special way. It's something that I don't care how much you read the Word of God if the Holy Ghost ain't moving upon what you're reading you're not going to benefit from it. Somebody said, I thought you said it was spirit and life. Brother, it is spirit and life. It is power. But you got to administer your part. Amen. you got to read it like it's not an everyday book. you got to read it like it is the Word of God. And it is alive. And it is real. And it's full of a power. And it's full of authority. And it will do what the God said His Word would do. Amen. In fact, everything is the result of... Of the Holy Ghost moving upon the Word of God. Think about creation. Think about recreation. Think about salvation and cleansing your soul. And righteousness and holiness and healing and sanctification and atonement. I could go on and on and on. He moves, which means he proceeds from the very bosom of God to act upon things concerning his Word. You see, you ain't got the Holy Ghost here and then the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, which is God, here. You you ain't got that going. Jesus said, It was expedient that I go away, that I might send the Comforter, the Holy Ghost, that He may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit is not God's counselor to tell God what to say. The Holy Spirit is the dynamics of And the power of that word of God that it might come and take up dynamic power on the inside of you, the believer. Go with me, if you would, to Hebrews again, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to look this time at the first verse. And the writer says this. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So if I said to you, now faith is the substance, which means the essence or the matter of things hoped for. It's the evidence or the proof of things not seen. That's powerful, isn't it? I'd like to share something with you this morning. Uh, I went down to, been without my cell phone for um, a couple of weeks Uh, in my line of work. It's hard for me to uh, know where to put it, and oftentimes I put it in the wrong place, put something else in there, and bend over, and when I do, I hear pops and cracks and the cell phone was an iphone expensive iphone and and so i tried to take care of it and everything but you know the the outer shell thing broke and then the next thing i know the whole thing blew up and and so i you know i was patient there you know and i said well we you know do what i gotta do so i took it over to the verizon store and and i really like them over there because the minute you go in they open the door for you and somebody's there to serve you. I've never been there and seen a long line, and they just get right on your stuff. So, and I like it because it works in my metal house. You see, my AT and I had for years, uh, it wasn't worth squat. It wasn't worth. It wasn't any good at all, and uh, couldn't you know do these things. And so anyway, uh, when I got my iPhone, I got my pictures on there, and and I'm able to uh, you know Facebook a little bit. And uh, uh, sometimes I wished I hadn't Facebooked somebody that. I Facebooked with and so uh found out when i got my new phone i just left them out but i wanted to say this to you here at the church if i've if you're not on my me with facebook uh i didn't leave you out i left out a lot of them that was taking up my excess time it takes a lot of time to facebook and so anyway i go in there to get my phone he goes yeah he said It's a goner. He said, we're going to have to send off and get you another one. So I said, okay. And so we go home, and we do all the stuff we're supposed to do and call them and everything else. Well, the lady I called from uh, uh, Pakistan or India, she got the zip code wrong. And so we waited a couple of days. Now, this is getting into the second week. We waited a couple of days. Phone still didn't come, so we called back. Come to find out after all of the punching this and punching that, you know, we found out she had got the uh, zip code wrong and it went back to them. And so we figured out how to get it all right and I was working at the house that day and I saw the UPS man go down to the neighbors and I thought, oh, he's passed me up. So I got out in the road and stopped and he goes, here, here, here's your package. And it was my cell phone. So I had to take it back to Verizon, and I thought, well, I'll get over there early so I can get back here, and we'll finish up this work we're doing here. Oh, we just had a few days there able to work on the house. So I was going to be there at 9, and I was there at 9, but I looked on the door, got up there, and said, didn't open until 10. I said, okay, 10, I'll kill the hour sitting here. I said, well, what am I going to do? So, oh, as usual... The good Lord, He puts a few thoughts in my head, and you're going to get to hear some of the thoughts He put in my head. First thing He said to me was this. Faith cannot be faith without the Holy Ghost. Can't be faith. I mean, faith has everything to do with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost has everything to do with faith. He is the divine, speaking of the Holy Ghost, He is the divine movement upon the Word of God, which we have said. Now, while I was sitting there, seemed to be impressed upon me to mention a few things the Holy Ghost is not. And so I'm going to share them with you. If you want to write them down, you can, or I could give you a copy of this. Because oftentimes in the faith movement... We've got people that really are on the verge, especially the faith movement, Pentecostal Charismatic Rim. A lot of them are on the verge of almost using divine tricks. I mean, they get the people pumped up so much in, you know, that the people are afraid not to say they don't have faith. So to, to say they have faith when they really don't have faith, they almost rely on Trickery, and oftentimes I think trickery is used in some of these uh, teachings. The Holy Ghost is not a divine trick. He's not heavenly magic. He's not that fuzzy feeling that you feel sometimes running up your legs and up your spine. The Holy Ghost is not that fuzzy feeling. He's not the imagination of the mind. Sometimes they say, "Just see yourself, focus yourself, vision yourself in that new home or in that Cadillac or whatever." Just it's on the verge of messing with the imagination of your mind. The Holy Ghost is not that. Can I say to you this? The Holy Ghost is not heaven's clown. Think about that. He's not heaven's clown. He's not the conscience. He's neither Jewish. He's neither Hebrew nor Gentile. He's not a salesman. It's like oftentimes the preachers will preach the message, the evangelists will speak, they'll call for some to come up, and it's like the Holy Ghost is the closer. In other words, he's going to seal the deal. But he's not a salesman, and he's not a closer. Can I say to you that the Holy Ghost... Now, remember, I was there for an hour. So I'm writing just as fast as I can write on a little bitty pad. He's not a TV religious tool. He's not a TV religious tool. I I saw one last night. I'd got up from the table, and I'd been working there on my sermon and and just figuring out the Scriptures I was going to use and everything. I looked over at Connie. She was kind of asleep in her recliner. She was very tired. About 9.30, something like that. I sat down in the chair, and I just flipped on the TV station wanted to see maybe some something good, some good news or uh, a good religious program. And I saw this guy, and I don't even remember his name, but the first thing I saw, he said, was that the Holy Ghost brings you riches. And then... They had four CDs for $40. And if you purchase these four CDs for 40, $40, they were going to. Huh? <laughs> no. If you purchase these four CDs, they gave you a free ink pen. Now, isn't that something? You give them $40, and what does he give you back? An ink pen and four tapes on prosperity in the Holy Ghost. Now, he's not a religious tool, he's not an evangelist puppet, he's not the preacher's fool, and he's not a gift giver. Salvation comes through the Lord Himself. Of all the things the Holy Spirit is, I'm mentioning a few things that He's not. He's not a prosperity preacher's wealth machine. And then I came to this part, because it seems like everybody is looking for the Holy Spirit to bring them those riches and those gifts and those extraordinary things in their life. Can I say to you, He is not Santa, the gift giver. The, desi- the decider of all goodism to decide who's been naughty and who's been nice. You must be good but if you ain't good, you still receive anyway. Is't that good? Today in our schools, all the kids, all the kids get the same grade right is not that awful awful? What's wrong What's with, wrong with uh, little uh, Billy, or Billy or Susan, Susan getting, getting the, the high, high superior, superior Mark, Mar- 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 grade. Mar- grade Either because, Either because she's, she's more, more wise, wise or because she studied, she studied harder. harder. But they don't want to leave anybody out in this age, so everybody gets the trophy, and it's the same with Santa. Whether you've been good or whether you've been naughty, you receive anyway. Santa says, I require that you must be good, but what the heck? i changed my mind, and I've changed the rules. I'm Santa, the gift giver. I appear all over the world, any place. In fact, every place, simultaneously, instantly I appear. I traditionally manifest as a white, fat male, with a white beard dressed in red and white fur. But being all inclusive, I also appear, appear as a black male in red and white fur. Also, in these latter days, I do manifest as a genuine Santa on the outside, but inside, I'm often a cross dresser. I'm a transgender. I'm gay. I'm lesbian. In fact, I'm a dyke lesbian. I hang out at all the malls and shops and anywhere to help the folks. I require a transgender toilet because I don't want to offend anyone, not even Target. I'm there to make dreams and wishes all come true. When the little girls and boys crawl up on my lap to tell me what they want, they get what they want, and so do I. That warm feeling up my legs. You know that feeling, don't you? Well, enough in this session of thought of a few differences between me and the one you call the Holy Ghost. For he has his hands full, and so do I. See you next year on Jesus' birthday. And P.S., we are known by our fruits. And as you may know, I am the fruit of choice all over the world. Now, in saying what I said, I said it for this reason. Simply this reason. The preachers today will tell you... That you can get what you want and you can do what you want and you can believe what you want because God is not going to leave anybody out. Do you hear me talking this morning? And it's basically uh, accepted because our parents have done the same thing with their children in this world. Santa Claus is not the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost is not Santa Claus. He is righteous. He is pure. He is holy. He desires our respect and our attention. He lives on the inside of the believer. Amen. And the things that He calls us to do are the things that the Word of God asks us to do and requires us to do and He just simply helps us do them. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, heavenly Father. We thank you this morning, Lord. We've been caught up in fairy tales. They've come over into our religion. We've been caught up with the traditions of the world. And they seem to make everybody happy. If you can get the children happy and give them gifts and do those kind of things, everything is going to be all right in the church and in the world. You can't even watch the news and the weather at that particular time of the year, because even uh, uh, even uh, all of the weathermen, and I was trying to think of Travis, who, Meyer, I was thinking of all these weathermen. They got him spotted, yes, sirree. They got him spotted, and here he is, little pervert, pervert in red and white clothes, and here he is sailing across. He's coming to Germany and all around and he's doing, my God, my God, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. When they say to you, I saw an assembly of God church here a while back and I saw the marquee on the outside and it was something to the effect of you, 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 you just can't, you can't celebrate the, I don't know what it was. I thought I had it in my mind, but it ain't in my mind, but it was the most disgusting thing I ever heard in my life. How the church gets caught up in... Somebody says, Brother Lee, are, are you preaching against these things? Well, all I'm telling you is this. If you got the Holy Ghost in your life, The Holy Ghost is going to reveal Himself, manifest God's Word, and you're going to begin to walk in what is right. You're not going to drink from a broken cistern that can hold no water. Hallelujah. I ain't preached against the churches. I've tried in this last three or four months in preaching unity and preaching uh, that any believer we was all included I believe that with all of my heart I'm not saying you have to belong to a church or a denomination or whether you do or whether you don't is right or wrong I'm not saying that but I'm saying the word of God never changes the word of God is in fact just what it was when the day the Holy Ghost moved upon great men to pin the desires and thoughts of Almighty God Somebody says, well, Brother Lee, can they make it to heaven and, and have a few visits from Santa? How do I know? How do I know? I don't know then. But I'm just telling you this. The reason we don't see as many miracles, the reason we don't see as many acts of God, is because there, there's too much Worldly tradition and too much worldly thought in the church that is supposed to move by the power of the Almighty Spirit. Amen. I want to bring this to a close real quick and I want to go to 1 Corinthians, if you would. And all I can say is this help me not break my cell phone. This is a result of a broken cell phone. Too much time on my hands. Now, I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm just thankful God is so good to all of us. I'm so thankful that God is long-suffering. And how do we know who He'll save and who He'll not save? He's just asked me, as this is my Bible, His Word, and He's asked me to do the best I can to, To honor him, and I ain't gonna have no judgment over nobody for nothing, but I'm pretty observant. The Bible says in First Corinthians chapter two at verse number one, Brother Paul speaking, he said, When I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you. Save Jesus Christ, Yeshua, and Him crucified. I was with you in your fears. I could insert that word yours because that's what he's talking about. And in your fear and in your trembling. But my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power. Now look at this. He's talking about power, which is a Holy Ghost. That your what? What? That your faith, that your faith, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I'd like for you to trust me here, and I'd like for you to repeat this after me, and I'd like for you to say it just like this. That my faith should not stand in the wisdom of men but in the Holy Ghost, which is the power of God. Go with me to Second Timothy 3.16. sixteen. Second Timothy 3.16. Now we used this a few weeks or months back, I don't know. But I want to repeat it here again. Paul is speaking to Timothy in, in the third chapter of 2 Timothy, and I want to look at verse 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So you can say... The inspiration of God is the Holy Ghost. I mean, that's exactly what it's saying. And I could say, so without the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, you would never know the Word of God. For its it comes from the inspiration. And that word inspiration, just look at it, you'll find spirit right on the inside of the word inspiration because that's what it means. It actually means to inhale. When you read this Word of God... You need to inhale it. You need to get it on the inside. It means to bring about. It means to come to action. It means divine imparting. It means divine power and divine knowledge. I found that in a dictionary, not even a religious dictionary. Inspiration is the process through which God communicates his eternal truth. And so I'm so thankful for that. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Powerful. I want to go to John chapter 7. John chapter 7, real quick. Just have a couple more verses. Verse 37 of John 7. In the last day, which I believe was the Feast of Tabernacles, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried and said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Now look what he says in verse 38. For he that believeth has faith on me or in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. Verse 39. But this He spake of the Spirit. Now watch this, how this comes from Spirit to elsewhere. But this He spake of the Spirit, which they that believed on Him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now the writer could have have used the Holy Ghost on both of them. But this spake He of the Holy Ghost, because He comes right back down and says, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Now... There should be no wonder about what the rivers are. The rivers are the movement of the Holy Ghost, the actions, the manifestation, those spiritual rivers flowing and moving from and through the Spirit-filled believer. Sometimes I like to see things even in my Bible. And sometimes I like to take a page of white paper and I like to draw what I'm envisioning. And it's not often, it's not something I would want to put up on a wall and show anybody. And uh, most people would say, well, that's ridiculous. Sometimes if I'm talking about the cross, I'll put the cross or the tree that Jesus hung upon on a piece of paper. This helps me. Visionary things. These things that Nathaniel does, these things are visionary. They are visionary helps. But I'd like for you, if you could, to just close your eyes and I would like to you, for you to envision, now this will bless your soul, rivers. Some river you've seen, but remember, he's not saying river of water, he's saying rivers of water. And I'd like for you to see them as they go around the curve of the mountain. I'd like you to see them starting out from a stream, and possibly sometimes the rivers end up flowing into the oceans, I like to draw a little green on each side of the blue stream. I like to sometimes place a tree there. But in your thoughts, I'd like like to let your soul be blessed as you envision rivers of living water. In fact, if you could say that with me, say rivers. Say it again. Rivers. Now let's say it this way. Holy Ghost rivers. Holy Ghost rivers. Holy Ghost rivers. Isn't that powerful? You make it come alive. You make it seem real. You seem to have a better understanding. Connie, I could say to you according to the words that Jesus said, For out of your innermost being, out of your belly, shall flow rivers of living water. These are rivers of the Holy Ghost. They go out for healing. They go out for different manifestations. They go out to help the poor and the afflicted and the brokenhearted. They're flowing out, bless God, of the believer. And we read this in our Bible. We read these things. Let's let them come real to us. Let us we know this and we've experienced this. And I'm not teaching you anything new today. But I'm just simply saying these are the words that Jesus Yeshua spoke About the Holy Spirit. And I want to close with these words. Found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Just a short little verse. Verse number 20 of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. For the kingdom of God. Is not in word. But in what? But in, but in power. power. The, Lord the Lord looked down, down upon church, upon the church. The Lord, the Lord ready was to, ready to ascend back to heaven. How many ascended back to heaven? He, he didn't want us to leave without us without help. In fact, he wanted to uh, just engulf us in power. Now, some will preach it different ways. They'll say, well, he gives you that power for wealth. He gives you that power for this and that. Well, regardless of what he gives you the power for, we know that certainly included in that is the power to witness, to take the gospel into all the world, you know, to do all of the things that he's told us that we could do. And so if we'll just glean the good things from that, I just want you to know this morning that you're not without power in your ministry and in your life. I want every one of you to know that. Especially some of these younger ones to know that. We look out at the younger ones. Those that would like to become a part of the ministry. Maybe an evangelist. Maybe a preacher. All of these things. And hopefully we touch on things in our discussions and and our words that will help us not get caught up in the wrong things in the ministry. uh, But we'll get caught up in the right things. How many would like to see more souls won for the kingdom? You'd like to see that? Well, sure you would. It's going to take our part in doing that. So if you find yourself, you're sitting in a parking lot, and you're looking at people as they're coming and going. I don't know how many people I saw go up to the door and do the same thing. When I first got there, I hopped out. I said, oh, gosh, thank you, Lord. I'm the first one here. And so I'm coming and dang near broke. Pulled my arm off. I grabbed a handle to pull the door (laughs) open, and it was locked. So I look and said, 10 o'clock. And so, you know, if you find yourself with a little spare time, let the Lord, let the Lord, a piece of paper and a pencil uh, be considered for about 30 minutes or an hour. Turn the radio off. Don't do anything. Just write some things down. Sometimes they might be comical. Sometimes they might not be anything that you would probably use for any certain occasion. They might just be beneficial to you. But if anything, it occupies your mind. And it occupies your mind on the truths and the word of God. Amen. I'm done. (laughs) Thank you, Lord.